0: This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air.
1: Next on Plains FM, host Tina daken luke interviews inspiring women on This Is Who We Are. Welcome, I'm Tina Dakem-Luke and this is Who We Are. Although recorded days before Christmas, this podcast is finding your ears at the start of 2021. Wow, 2020 literally came out of nowhere and reshaped how we live life, huh? What's important? What's essential? What matters? All became glaringly apparent. We are in a rather fortunate position in New Zealand that currently we can move about and celebrate, as usual, the passing of time. I'm aware that isn't the case for our Northern Hemisphere tribe or, in fact, some Australian souls. I don't take my liberty for granted, and yet it does offer me the space to reminisce and remind myself what I learnt during lockdown. The power of going inward, reconnecting to my immediate environment and letting go as graciously as possible when my business disappeared overnight through restrictions. Not all my clients were in a position to resume my services, but I have kept many and gained new clients too. I'm not at pre-COVID ratios yet, but I am aware that I'm fortunate to be still operational and viable. 2020 has been a pivotal year and a marker of change pre- and post-virus life. Nothing is as it was, nor as it shall be. Welcome to the new year. A change. A chance to take stock, reflect, and set forth on colouring a blank canvas in front of us. A therapy client asked me this week if I like sunflowers, because she has saved me a new phone with a sunflower emoji. I said they aren't my favourite, but I do love them. Interestingly, yellow is my colour for next year. It reminds me of the sun and that it still shines even on grey days. I shared with my client that what I love about sunflowers is that when it's not sunny, they don't face the sky. They turn and face each other and become the sun for another. This is a new day heralding a new way forward. How will you let the light in? I have a dear colleague joining me to discuss health and well-being in a pandemic and the joy a light heart and banter can offer in times of discord. So pull up a chair, grab a drink, get comfy, and I will introduce her after this song. Hi Joe McGregor, lovely to have you in the studio again, how are you? Thank you, yes it's great to be back So here we are, pre-Christmas, but this is actually going to be Hyperdrive mm. New Year
0: mm. Happy New Year everybody Happy New Year <laughs>
1: <laughs> I hope it played out as you wanted it to be Now I've got a little question that I would like to uh, put to you Jo mm. Are you ready? Yes Okay A lot of people socialise in the new year and they like to go visiting and you catch up with people you haven't seen for a while. And it's become the trend. I've noticed a lot of cafes now are dog-friendly. We've even got a cat cafe in Christchurch. What uh, is the etiquette or what is best for animals if you're bringing a dog into a different environment or into a home where another dog already resides? How would you handle that?
0: Mm, So my first recommendation would be that they are always... um, meet on a lead, and first of all, if possible, meet in neutral territory. so maybe down at the local park, um, or I'm thinking of if you're bringing a new dog into a house where the, yeah, there is already a dog, you know, territorially uh, within that property. So the best, best thing to do is to actually let them meet and let them play uh, off-site, and yeah. then so hopefully they make a bit of a bond communicate let, work out who's boss and who's not boss etc and then bring them back to the house and hopefully the the owner you know the property dog is a lot more relaxed about this newcomer because they've just had a play and they've you know done all the communication that they needed to do off site yeah um, it, they should always meet on a lead to start with just to, at least so that the owner has control and to be able to you know, pull them back off each other if the things aren't going very well. Um, yes, and, and I'm very aware of how, you know, there is perhaps generally just one backyard and it's the hope that all dogs will get on, but they just don't. Some dogs are just super anxious about having new dogs and new smells and new people, et cetera, coming onto their House and it can be very very stressful and cause a lot of anxiety for little dogs and or any dog size. (laughs) Um, And so, if you do have an anxious dog, I would actually recommend that uh, they don't need to be part of everything that you are involved in on the Christmas. Christmas Day, etc., or you know when all these new people just turn up, etc. Um, just be uh, very aware of your dog's personality and how well they will or will not cope with new people and new extra animals coming on. So maybe they don't even get to meet. Um, the people bringing in these new animals definitely need to be respectful
1: of the potential for disaster. <laughs> so what do you do if Auntie turns up with her fur baby and she's not respectful?
0: Yeah that's that, that? well can can we say you know auntie <laughs> go back to your car no <laughs> because that's yeah, you know, that's a really tricky it's very very complicated because everybody wants to please everybody don't they but yes. there are just some moments where um and obviously you can't leave the dog in the car because it could be hot and you don't want that either so but if there is a um potential for perhaps the, the dog of the house to perhaps be in a in a spare room or something like that so that they can just chill out. Of course, there is that huge risk that when the dog comes out later, he's going to smell and go right around the property and check everything out and hopefully all is well. But there is that um, possibility of especially non neutered dogs that they might just mark everything. <laughs> yeah. And or the the visiting dog may just want to mark everything. So that's another thing if you want to be aware of. They're just trying to claim you now. It's like their library. They just say, Oh, I've been here too. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's their Tracer app. It the is. Way of signing in. <laughs> I'm not such a fan of that form. Um, yeah, it's complicated, isn't it? Because we do. We want to have happy families at Christmas time mm. and we want to avoid conflict. It's not always possible. So I guess it's um, deferring as much as possible. So I really like what you said about keeping them separate and, if possible, in a different environment. <sighs> Sometimes that isn't going to happen, is it? Mm.
0: Well, they're just at risk of, uh, because everyone's got this high energy and excitement and, you know, there's probably a bit of potentially alcohol involved and everyone just that high vibe and the dogs catch on to that vibe and they they sense it and they escalate their energy as well. And so then you've got, yeah, you're just, they feed into it just like anybody does. So if the people can remain as calm as possible when the dogs are meeting first up, Potentially, it's all going to go quite well. Uh, The more relaxed the people are, generally, the more relaxed the pets will be.
1: So if you're in in a room and the dogs begin to not get on and there's some nipping at each other, how do you actually separate them in a safe way?
0: Yes, yeah, so you don't want to grab the collars and things because that can be risky to your own hands if they just want to quickly um, react and, and snap at what's coming at them. So, uh, uh, again, it's that prevention. You just don't allow that to happen first up. Um, they need to meet, yeah, at least outside versus in the house. And. Um, Having them putting them putting them on a lead at least having a lead so that they can take them away without getting your hand too close to their face because if they're in that high high um, anxiety and high reactivity state you don't they're not listening to you anyway so you just want to have control by a lead yeah to separate them and yeah if but the dogs always give warning signs and unfortunately we don't always pick up on them but just showing the whites of their eyes like a half moon, and the eye I can tell the other dog that they're really not happy with them in their space.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, they, and unfortunately, again because of our breeding, some dogs, you know, you would most dogs like Labradors, say Shepherds, littler dogs, Terriers, etc. When they snarl, you, know, you can see a snarl. Some dogs are bred so you can't; they can't do that. Like the the best hounds, the Sharpays, there's all sorts of dogs that so their skin is just too heavy that they can't actually communicate any more naturally like they would have a couple hundred years ago and so it's very hard for them to tell the other dog and to communicate to back off um subtle growls this you know and and hiding and or being really submissive and sort of crouching low down uh giving off all these um behavioral states to say don't come near me please and that goes with children too of course like the uh, you know, you definitely don't want to approach a dog of any... If they're on their back, sometimes they're being submissive, saying, I want my tummy patted. Other times they're saying, I'm being as totally um, submersive and, uh, submissive and um, avoiding you, at, so please don't come near me. So then people think, oh, I should pat his tummy, and then they often mm-hmm. react and snap. Yes. And they actually were saying, don't come near me, please.
1: I'm being as low to the ground as possible. possible. Uh, don't pay attention to me. Um, We had a sad um, incident when my daughter was younger that a friend of hers had a lovely dog and they had friends over one day and the visitor's child was annoying the dog and it was happening outside and the adults were inside and then the dog bit the child and the dog ended up being put down. um, And that always just sat so uncomfortably with me because I understand the repercussions of an injured child. um, I also feel like the dog was um, failed in that process because it wasn't having its needs looked after and it wasn't kept safe.
0: Yes, 100%. And, and sadly, that's with most dog bites. You, you never want to leave a child unsupervised with a dog, ever. It's just not worth the risk because you just, children, You know, they're just not aware of all these subtle communications that they give to uh, us to yeah. say back off. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they just should never be left alone.
1: And just because your dog is um, great and loving with your children doesn't mean it's going to tolerate another child coming up and doing things to it.
0: Correct. And so when I, uh, a couple of years, for the last two years, I've been, was training therapy dogs. So Labradoodles training. I had them from eight weeks through to five months. And my job was to get them to be as used to as much stuff as possible. And, uh, and, And every puppy should go through that as well. So I was taking them into you know the city so that they could just see hundreds of people walk past. And um, I did get permission because they had little cute coats. So I was going up and down escalators and into the lifts of hospitals and... Um, just showing them stuff. Not that every dog needs a lift, of course, <laughs> but um, but just I was hugging the puppies and pulling on their ears gently and their tails and doing and and squeezing them and doing things that little kids would might do, mm-hmm. uh, and therefore the to dog exactly yeah. right. So they just wouldn't react anymore, and so. Um, and I was taking them into schools and, and they were getting used to a hundred hands on them and and the giggles and the squeals and all these things that would potentially come at them later when they weren't with me. And so that yeah, that was um a very fun job and uh yeah, and very, very rewarding. And it was just great. But it, it is every dog needs that because you don't know when a you know how babies they, they stand up on a dog and they grip and yes, they hold on really I've seen tight. That. Yeah. And that can really hurt a little dog mm. and or if they're just not used to it, they try and get away and they can't, so their first reaction could be to snap at what is hurting their skin.
2: Mm.
0: So just keep them apart. Always watch them. Just it's just not worth it.
1: Thank you. There's a lot of really great advice in there around animal instincts and how to keep them safe. How do we deal with family <laughs> <laughs> this time of year? Like, how do we take some of that animal kingdom knowledge and maybe put it into yeah. drunk Uncle Kevin in the corner yeah. <laughs> saying inappropriate jokes? Exactly. Or... That's... It's such a stressful time for some people, isn't it? And mm. I know that for some people, they're going to be having a great holiday. That's not it for everybody. Not everyone's got a happy family when they all get together in that room. And
0: yes, exactly. And it's it's almost like uh, the wedding, isn't it? Of like yes. who, who to invite and who not to invite yes. and where to place them at the table and all that kind of. And things. do you stagger the
1: arrivals? <laughs> and, <laughs> and yeah, yes. What do you do about the alcohol? Good and when do you question. cut them off? Yes, <laughs> that's right. I know. And that, yes, and these are the conversations mm. going on in many households mm. before Christmas. Mm. Is how do we get through the day.
0: Yes, how many shandies can we, <laughs> how can we dilute the whiskey? <laughs> so yeah. Uncle Colin can't see, can't get to it because quickly, I don't know, it, that's probably not my... Um... <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had too many disasters, to be
1: fair, in,
0: nice. my, in my family. So, uh...
1: Well, I've been thinking a lot about tradition lately, mm. and I've been wondering about what are those traditions that some people have in their families that they absolutely love and they pass them down generationally, and what are some other traditions that they perhaps don't like? Mm. Because I think it's really time that we flip the script a bit and throw everything up in the air and go, what do we want to keep and what do we want to let go mm. And what do we actually like about this festive season? Like, because for the first year ever, I don't even have a tree up. And it feels oh blasphemous goodness. to even say exactly. it. Exactly. But I had my mother over, like, we had it all set, set aside that we were going to decorate the tree and put it up. And we went out to our shed, and the lock was rusted oh. hard. So I was like, I think we're being told it's time to go to a cafe and just have a
0: coffee. Well, actually, this is. That has been one of the contentions in our family is the tree because uh, my husband loves the Christmas tree. He insists that it's a real one. Um, My son sneezes at the tree and I can be a little bit sensitive on different days depending on potentially what's coming out of the tree at the time. Um, I would much rather have gone to the beach and got a lot of driftwood and been creative and made my own. Um, And... And my daughter would rather have an artificial one. So that's, there's just... So you need three. <laughs> that's the answer to that. <laughs> Perhaps we do. We did make one one year because I, I I think I really did put my foot down at the price of them, I think. Yeah. And so we did make... We actually made one... Um, like my husband had made, uh, you know, there's barbecue tables with the bench seats. Yes. And I think we just found an old one and chopped it down and, and just yeah it was very creative and very clever and we spent a few days painting it up and it was a very good family bonding time so yeah. that was one way to do it and that just sat outside at the front door which was great um, yeah because of course now you know New year's everyone's going to get rid of all their pine trees that and where do they get rid of them uh, I guess. If they chop them up cleverly, they could put them into the little, tiny little green bin. <laughs> oh, I'm not really sure. There's a whole lot get dumped at the red zone. I can tell you that because oh, I live near still. there. And, yeah, they'll, um, they were last year anyway. They just you know.
1: So what is it with Cantabrians that we actually think that the red zone is our new dump?
0: Mm, there's oftentimes couches and things, and
1: yeah, yes. Unfortunately,
0: there's a lot more gates and fences and things now, but. Uh, Yes, we'll see what happens as they start thinking about developing it.
1: Yeah, it's been interesting times. We actually had an earthquake last night. I don't know if you felt it. Yes, I did. And it was enough to wake me up. And and I remember lying there going, oh, it's an earthquake. Wasn't enough to panic me to get out of bed, but it was enough to keep me awake for a wee bit afterwards, Mm. really pondering it and going, wow, you know, we've come. If we look at COVID and we take that back to earthquakes, there was a whole terminology vocab Um, trauma responses that we went through. But by the end of it, you know, we all knew what liquefaction was. We'd learnt um, how to...
0: Yes, we could guess what it was. What what do you reckon it was, a 3 or four? And we were really good at it. We could guess where (laughs) it was
1: situated, how deep it was. Mm. And we learnt when to panic and when not to panic. So then with COVID too, there's been this whole kind of terminology that we're, we're now all used to. So mm. it's really fascinating to me, humanity as a species, how um, a lot of the time we can really struggle with change, but actually when we're actually faced with it, we do manage to quite quickly find a way to make it the new normal.
0: Yes, I think I actually think we're very good at, uh, a lot of people don't like change, but I think once we accept change and embrace change, we're actually quite good at Uh, I think it's that Kiwi ingenuity thing of just like, okay, well, this is it. Let's move on and
1: and, um, make the most of what we have. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So going forward, so I saw a really great thing on Facebook, actually, and it had 2020 and it was using toilet rolls. Mm -hmm. And then 2021, the one was a used toilet roll roll kind of sitting up. So Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, fascinating because last year – really was about the toilet paper for a lot of people. Mm. And if you've got enough to um, supply in your cupboard to feel relaxed, then I guess you get to ponder, Okay, 2021, what do I want it to look like? And I guess the best thing is to start with yourself. And for me, I'm thinking about health and well-being and and the four pillars, which are mental, emotional, physical and spiritual, and really trying to par down and remember what I learnt during lockdown, what mattered.
0: Mm. Yes, so for me... Uh, lockdown was actually lovely like and I know a lot of people you know it was a a desperate time or struggle or loneliness potentially or you know there was lots of people that you know didn't have what I was able to create but because we were all together and um, my husband thought it was the best thing ever being a hoarder of wood being a builder he just said this is the, you know, not knowing when it was potentially going to end, but knowing he had a month or so, wasn't it? So he made the most of it, and what could have taken two years to make a, a man cave, it only took him the month. And he got rid of all <laughs> the wood that he would literally collected for 15 years from different building sites, knowing that it was just going to be skipped. And he said, no, I can't do that. I can't do that. I've got to keep that. You never know when you need it. Yeah. And 2020 March was the time he needed it and. We have a fantastic um, man cave slash studio slash teenage sleep out uh, full of just in memorabilia. He can actually point at different pieces of wood and say that piece there came from, uh, from the courts of Christchurch when he was building it, you know, so many years ago. So uh, this, it's quite fascinating. It and is. of course, then we dug out all the boxes of uh, CDs that we're no longer using and that's now a, a wall just all glued to the wall and and um oh just in all the ep's and those the big records and they're just some uh, underneath now, a part of a a table yeah notes that we collected when we were going through uh africa all the coins and notes and things Yeah, you know, we've just put them underneath this big piece of glass it's just, just we just found stuff and just got creative and made a whole lot of things so uh, it, yeah, I loved the fact my daughters and my daughter and son could just sleep in. There was no need to rush anywhere. Yeah. There was no sport, etc., to go to. You know, so as much as I love taking them places, <laughs> it was really nice to just go for bike rides and walks around the you know the neighbourhood and um, meet other neighbours over fences and all that kind of carry on. Um, so, yeah, I guess January is all about that for me again for uh, no work for January and so yeah we'll be getting creative again I hope because there's a few other extra things I'd like you know the 80-20 rule that builders generally do there's that 20% not yet finished yeah, so yeah
1: I'm yeah, um, <laughs> gonna push for that <laughs> gonna push <laughs> gonna for that. go for the hundred <laughs> good luck with that thank you thank you <laughs> it's been an absolute treat having you in the studio today Joe. it's never enough time We'll have to chat again. We seem to have no trouble doing that. No, we don't. (laughs) And I'm sure uh, that there's probably some other questions that uh, listeners may have at some time too around the animals that uh, they would like to pose to you. So I will absolutely pass those on. So thank you very much. Happy New Year and go well into the new dawn.
0: Yes, bring on 2021. Whoop, whoop.
1: So here we are, 2021, excitingly before Christmas, we had the Bethlehem star in the sky. I never got to see it, unfortunately, because my sky kept being cloudy, which is why I guess yellow is my colour for this year, because it's all about the sun and letting the light in my life. So I really hope that you uh, have some time to really sit, reflect, ponder, fill up Decide what um, you want to take forward into 2021 and maybe even what you want to let go of. Because I was also thinking too that I know Michelle Obama's written her biography called Becoming. And I thought my biography would probably be called Unbecoming because every year I seem to be letting go a little more and more of what I'm not and what I'm left with is who I always was, which seems to give me what I need to face what's going on around me so my love is with you I hope all is well and if it is a bit of a rough start I really hope that things turn around for you and that you feel the love and support of community. Kia kaha Christchurch.